Come Holy Spirit, we entrust ourselves to your infinite mercy, Lord, and give you permission to do what you desire. Pray that you would make our minds and our hearts and our souls this fertile soil. The word of life may bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us and these great mysteries of our faith. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold, I make all things new. Make all things new. These are the words of Christ and St. John sees Him seated upon the throne. Behold, I make all things new. What does that mean? What does that mean to make all things new? And it, we could have like three classes on this one verse. But part of one of the essential truths that Christ is speaking about is, is the reality that before the fall, right, the world was in communion with the Lord, particularly us. There was no sin that, that was a barrier between our relationship with the Lord. And Christ, making all things new, removed, not only removed the barrier of sin, but restored us. It's a restoration, a redeeming, a sanctification of our fallen nature to be in communion with the Lord again. That it's not, I think it's important for us, a lot of times we say and we think, importantly, like Christ died for our sins. Yes. Yes, supremely important. But that was for a greater purpose. It's for the, the, the forgiveness of sins is not just like, so hey, your sins are forgiven, so have fun. Life's been great. Scurry along now. The Lord wants, he wants us to have communion with him. The forgiveness of sins is, is a means to the end of, of deeper communion with Christ. With the Holy Trinity. That begins in this life, that deepens in this life, the more that we continue to give ourselves over to him, but that finds its fulfillment in heaven, where all things, and Jesus says, a new heavens and a new earth, all things new. Now, how does Christ make all things new? By his passion, death, and resurrection. Christ took on our human nature. I mean, this is kind of the, the meat and the potatoes of the Christian message, right? He took on our human nature for the sake of redeeming us, of offering his life for us. And it's, for us, it, it's kind of commonplace to think, okay, Christ suffered and died. Okay. But we have to get, I think, struggle with that reality sometimes. It's like we can't just, just gloss over that. St. Paul says that the, the cross of Christ, his suffering and his death, what it's a stumbling block to the Jews. Like God can't suffer. It's folly to the Gentiles. Like it makes no sense that if your God is this perfect God, that he would have to suffer in any way. 
And, and, and as Christians, it is good that we believe this. And it is, there's an aspect of it that when we have just a simple faith that that happened, blessed be the name of the Lord. Like to enter in deeply, sometimes we have to wrestle with that fact. Like, why? <laughs> what is that about? And particularly, I think we, we wrestle with that when suffering enters our own life. When suffering enters our own life, like, it can be sometimes easy for us, and sometimes the Lord gives a grace, just like this peaceful acceptance. Like, okay, Lord, I surrender the suffering, I give it to you. But sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, if we're in that space, we're avoiding, like, the deeper struggle. We're avoiding really going there and asking some of the more difficult questions as we pass through suffering. I mean, St. Paul says today, it's kind of like, man, don't like hearing some of those parts of the Bible, right? It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. It's necessary. I'm like, why does it have to be necessary, you know? Why can't we have the easy button, like, boom, easy button, we're good, no suffering, and this, is, this, this topic is so deep and so rich. I would encourage you, like if the Lord is tugging on your heart, St. John Paul II wrote um, an apostolic exhortation on this. The salvific, the redemptive meaning of suffering, salvifici doloris. And he just enters into this mystery of like, what does it mean, like suffering in the light of Christ, in light of Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection? And how do we, as his believers and as people like, understand that and live that and participate in that how do we understand that saint paul says it's necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of god but i just just want to enter into just a just one simple aspect of that and this is not again i mean like when you're just kind of scratching the surface of a difficult topic you'd be like oh like you're, you're just oversimplifying oh you don't understand you're kind of but just, just to scratch the surface here, understanding it's a multifaceted, difficult thing. What suffering does for us is it puts us on our knees, recognizing that we are not in control. We are not in control. Even just to say those words out loud or maybe as you hear them, like, there's, there's an aspect normally within us that like part of us is like, yep, yep, I know that. And the other part of me is like, oh, but I want to be. Like, you know, like I'm just, I'm just hanging on. Like, don't tell me I'm not in control. I'm in control. And there's so many things in our life. I mean, we live in a very convenient world where a lot of things have controllers, right? Remote controls. You don't even need to touch something now. You just speak, right? Hey, Google, I need some toilet paper. Boom, it shows up. Wow. You know, like, I mean, so we have this, this notion that, like, I'm in control. And then when I, when I can't control something, then I'm, like, I'm freaking out. I'm so anxious and so worried. And what this reveals to us, we just, like, say it clearly. Again, my spiritual director just, like, been laying the smack down on me recently, like, you know, like, you're, what it reveals, like, when you, when you want this control, you have this control over something, this desire, 
It reveals your lack of faith. It reveals your lack of faith and trust in the Lord. Like being able to surrender to Him. Now, it's not, it's not to say like to shame us and to beat us up and all those things, but it's like a sober recognition that there's a reality because it's dangerous for us to think that we're in control and to live like we're in control. This is that, one of those, that fundamental temptation in the Garden of Eden. Like, I don't need you, Lord. I'm in control. So St. Paul, when he says, I asked the Lord, right, this thorn in my side, this thorn in my side, and I asked the Lord three times. When St. Paul says three times, like, biblically, that means perfectly, like, over and over and over and over. It wasn't just literally three times, like, all the time. Like, hey, Lord, hey, 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 about the thorn, whenever you want to pull it out, man, I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to just pick my arm up and you just take it out whenever you're ready. What did God, did the Lord tell him? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is brought to perfection in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is brought to perfection in weakness. In surrendering control. and letting go. And St. Paul knew. He continues in that letter. He's, he's like basically like, it is, this is a, a modern interpretation, right, of what St. Paul is saying, like, I knew because of the abundance of revelation given to me, like, I, like, he needed that. He needed that because he recognized that if he would have not had that thorn in his side, he would have been so prideful because of the things in his life and the Lord was blessing him with that he probably would have just, hurt, like, ran headfirst into hell. Like, truly, we just, like, call it what it is he's saying because he just wouldn't have said, I don't need you, Lord, because I'm in control, because I got this. I'll give you lip service, and, but I got this. So one thing that suffering does is it places us on our knees, and, and, and it's just like this surrender to God. And when we can do that, and I don't, I don't say those words lightly, like surrender comes through blood, sweat, and tears, through moaning and wrestling and squirming and all the things. And we just need to ask God for the grace of it. It's not like this light little thing. Like, don't take, this surrender is difficult. And there's this over and over and over and over again aspect. But when we can do that, the Lord makes it new. What does he make new? Us. And what happens? There's a configuration in our hearts and in our souls to Christ. To Christ. Because because most of the time when we're asking, Lord, like, make it new, what we're really saying is, like, make me perfect and not suffering. Make me perfect and not suffering. But then again, it's so easy for us to not need the Lord, not need the Lord. But the Lord wants us to be in communion with him. And so the, the perfection that Jesus wants for us is not that, like, our knees don't hurt, our bank account is full, everybody likes me. It's not the perfection that Christ desires for us. What he desires for us is a configuration to him, which involves the crucified and the risen Jesus. And, and what it really manifests itself in is the fruits of the spirit of gentleness and patience and kindness and long-suffering and joy. The peace, St. Paul says, beyond all understanding. But sometimes, and I'm the, I'm the key <laughs> offender here, 
is we just wrestle. Like, it's good for us to wrestle. It's important. But sometimes we just never let go. We just never let go. And it's, the Lord just says, just let go. Which doesn't mean stop going to the doctor, which doesn't mean stop doing these things, but it's an interior disposition that, Lord, I'm going to do all the practical, normal, prudent things that I need to do in my life if I'm dealing with sickness or I'm, I'm working or whatever it is. But, like, I'm surrendering the results to you. And I'm surrendering my life to you. That you can come in and move and change and transform me. Again, how does that happen? It happens like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, take this cup. Take this cup. And he's sweating blood. And so if, don't feel bad if you're like, man, Father, surrender is hard. Yeah. Yes. When I was praying with this, I'm like, Jesus, I would rather preach about something else because if I preach about this, it means I have to try to do this more in my life. And he's like, this is exactly right. <laughs> Surrender. I'm like, no. <laughs> I want control. <laughs> but it is this letting go. It's letting go. So as he said, Father, take this cup. Not my will, but yours be done. And I remember praying one time with that. And I'm, the Lord asking me to surrender something. And I remember very honestly, and this is like good prayer, right? I remember very honestly, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what happened to Jesus? He died. You know, like when he's like, your will be done, and he surrendered, he died, okay? I don't want to die. Just FYI. Don't want to. But it is in death that life comes. This is this interior dying and even ultimately physical death that real life comes. So let us be like Christ on the cross who, who cried out, right? Feeling in his human mind and heart abandoned by God, but also, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And it's a willful thing. It's a willful thing. Our emotions many times are going to be saying the exact opposite, but it's a willful surrender. And then in that moment and in those moments and as we walk along, and Christ makes all things new. All things. All things new. It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, this deeper communion and configuration to Jesus, experiencing the fruits of the Spirit. Suffering places us on our knees and reminds us that we're not in control and the Lord is. And he's not a vengeful God, but a merciful God who died for us. So let us surrender into the Father's hands with Christ. Father, into your hands we commend our spirits, clinging to the truth, letting go of whatever we're holding on to, and clinging to the truth that you make all things new.